Amen. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor John. Thank you, family. Thank you very much. Been waiting to say that, not just thank you, true love, and even though it, we are true love, but just to say thank you, family. And even though, as we are all believers in Christ, we're all family. Amen. And if you want, I don't know if you have your Bibles or a device, you could turn to Proverbs. We'll be in chapter 3, verse 6. And uh, at gr growing up, you know, I've always had a creative mind. I always had, like, a technical mind. I've always been um, amazed with uh, how machines work and how people who have creative, like, artistic minds use uh, machines to create their artwork or show the world and what they capture. And one of the things I really, one of the many machines out there that I like, and I don't know why I never picked it up as a hobby or something, is photography. And some of you young ones are like, hey, where's the screen so I can see what's going on? Um, this is a SLR. This is before they got digital. This is a 35 millimeter. Um, used to belong to my uncle who passed away when I was about 19 or 18 years old. But uh, um, I found it with some stuff and I'll be using this to demonstrate, but I thought that's kind of cool. You know, and I, and I was just thinking because people capture things in their lives. You know, they could capture amazing beauty of this world that God created. They capture emotion. They capture horrible things. They capture war. I, I, um, I came across a, 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 one of my Facebook uh, pages I follow. It was like the, one of the military times or something. And it was a Vietnam black and white photo. And it was uh, on a helicopter. And uh, um, the gunner was yelling at the pilot. But the cameraman was right here. He's taking a picture. And there's two um, wounded soldiers on the floor and I think one of them might have been a photographer and it was just paying tribute to those um, the camera men who serve this country under our uniform to be in a place to capture not to fight but to capture what's going on and then there's artists people who go into our city capture what's going on in the city and news and so the camera has been very, very versatile in, in our culture, society, history. And when I got to thinking about it, when I started reading Proverbs, it kind of made sense. It, it, God revealed, you know, he wanted me to demonstrate it with a camera today's message. And I, I'm, I'm trying to hold myself back because I already want to get there. Um, and another thing that we use to capture images and I'm just kind of going to bring this one. This is an iPad. But just think of it as an oversized phone. Many of us have a mobile device of some sort, mainly our phones that we use to go on social media. Now, I want to know, tell you the difference between this and that. Other than this could connect to the Internet and all that, and the new cameras are catching up with that. But this has two cameras, one facing out, and one facing back. I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit. I'm going to let that marinate. Amen. See, the camera doesn't have something to look back at you. It's only made to go one way. 
And, and, and that's what God's trying to tell you. Which one are you going to use? And be, let me get to my notes before I do get ahead. <laughs> and so let's go ahead and look at Proverbs 3, verse 6. And I got the NLT version. Um, I've been looking for a new, uh, a good uh, New King James Bible uh, study Bible that I'm I'm hunting around, see which one um, that's out there. But I like the New New Living Translation; kind of makes things simple. So if you have a New King James or uh, a different Bible verse, it's going to pretty much read the same. So verse six says. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from the evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Amen. Father God, I... I, my prayer this morning is that the, your word speaks to us as we just read it. That it speaks to our spirit. And that our spirit connects with our mind and our hearts. That we're able to hear and see the path you, you have laid before us. Give us the strength and the wisdom to step foot on that path. And to hear your voice when you call us. In your name we pray. Amen. If there was a title for this message, it would just be one word, focus, with an exclamation mark. And I hope that everything that we've been hearing this morning, from when the time we got here and maybe during this week that God's been speaking to you, that this kind of ties it in together. This is just another part to add on to what he's, the message that he's giving us as a church. Amen. See, God is our focus, or at least it should be our focus. Those of us who are in Christ already, God is our focus. Amen. And the ones that we're reaching out to, through our ministering through in our daily lives, whether it's on social media, through music, through our art, through our work, whatever we do, we should be reaching them and telling them that he should be their focus too. And why? Because we should be the example. Amen. It's through how we live and everything we do in life, and especially in our relationships with the ones we love. Doesn't matter if you haven't spoken to that person for five, seven, eight, nine, ten years. It could be 40 years, but there's still a relationship. And maybe that's a relationship God's calling you to go and mend because he needs you to work in their life as well. See, our relationships are really important because we have a relationship with our Father, and that should come through the relationships we have with others. At least it should. And I know there's people out there who say, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But the moment they go and leave the church, they live a totally, completely different lives. And God is even speaking to them. He goes, I should be your focus. 
but we, we'll get there in a minute. See, as long as we keep God in our, in our focus, he will guide us, just like he, his word said. He'll lay a path before us. He'll guide us. He will protect us. Doesn't mean that you won't face persecution. Does not mean that you will have it easy, because that's why he's going to protect us, because we're going to face some stuff. We're going to go through some ordeals. We're going to go through some obstacles. We're going to take the fight to the enemy. We need his protection his strength, his will. But also in the time of need, he comforts us because he loves us. He hugs us. He tells you, I got you. When we're, you know, when there's four footsteps, but now there's two, those are mine because I'm carrying you. Because he loves us so much. But what happens when we get out of focus? What if we stopped listening to him? See, the reason why I brought this up is because, especially now, more than ever, you know, you go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, not so much, but those two or whatever other social media outlets there are, but Instagram and Facebook are like the two main ones that are out there. I kind of like Instagram because it's a really quick snapshot of what's going on. You know, it's a quick shout out to your friends and family. But there's a lot of people who are concerned way how they look alike. And see, they don't use the camera that faces out so much, but as the camera that looks towards them. Trying to put it up here trying to get the duck lips going on they're trying to like oh I'm with so and so look at me you know I ran into a celebrity at the airport and it's about their reputation it's about highlighting them and see I'm not saying that that's a bad thing as in when you do it correctly in a moderate way when you're doing it if it glorifies God because I know there's pastors out there who do preach and who do you do that and they're trying to say, look, I'm here where God has sent me, and I just want you to see what we're doing. But most of the time, they're using the other camera looking out so you can capture the whole picture. But when we're only using the camera that looks towards us, and that's all we use, then we're focusing on ourselves. And when, when that happens temptation creeps in and when temptation creeps in temptation turns into sin and sin allows the enemy to have legal rights in our life especially if you're a Christian or non-Christian doesn't matter if you're willing to sin against God you're giving the enemy permission to come into your life to torment you to mess with you to say, you know what, I got you. Let's go back to those bonded chains that, you, that Jesus has released you from, but I, I still got them if you want to let me just clamp them, put them back on. Because it can happen. It does happen. In, in, in many ways, even so for some Christians who, if I could do this, who've been looking through this camera so much and then they kind of pull back 
and they take a look around and they fall into the trap of sin. And this is what sin does. This has become useless. It has put a divide between you and what you're trying to capture and who you're trying to focus on. And see, that was revealed to me this morning. And I was just amazed because God had given me the, like the blueprint of this message, but he told me, I want you to use that cap. And see, that cap represents the sin that comes into our lives if we allow it to. It puts a cap or a roadblock in our path. And maybe some of us, whether you're in here or you're through, looking through social media, through Facebook, maybe there's something that you keep opening the door to. And God's trying to say, I want you to keep that door closed. Take off the cap off the lens and focus on me. In my prayer, that's why I pray that I hope that the word speaks to your spirit to reveal those things and bring them up to the surface. So you may confess them, not to me, not to anybody here, but to the one and only true God. And, and you know, I, I'm a movie buff and I like movies. And in that last part when I was I, I couldn't help when I, when I was just right. I have to share with this with you. But when sin allows the enemy to have legal rights and, you know, our temptation turns into sins, sin turns and allows the enemy to come to our lives. I just couldn't help that Yoda popped into my head. And, and, it would, and, and, and this is not to be funny or not to be entertaining. But the reason why I say is because I rate, relate to movies. And Star Wars happens to be one of my favorite like epic saga movies, right? But I was talking to a, a dear brother of mine who was going through some stuff earlier this week, and we all tend to listen to our emotions. I try to stop saying, I feel. It's a habit of mine, and it's not what I really mean. I'm not running off of my emotions. It's just another, I'm just used to saying, I feel. But I really listen to God and what he's telling me. But there's a scene in one of the Star Wars where he's talking about uh, uh, either Luke or, or Anakin, who becomes Darth Vader. But Yoda's telling them, he goes, you know, I, I sense a lot of uh, fear in him. And fear leads to anger, and anger leads to suffering. And I was telling him, in many ways, the enemy wants to put fear in our lives, you know, uh, to fear what could be and sometimes he that grips us maybe we all dealing with some kind of sphere of fear and then out of that fear we feel angry towards ourselves to for allowing this to like take place in our lives and why we're a good christian i listen to god why is this happening but if you see how that leads to the suffering of your soul and your spirit and and that's what i that's why that that movie talks a lot but now that's the that's the dark side. That's what the dark side tries to you, tell, um, try to get their little trainee guy when when the emperor is telling him, "Strike me down, use your anger, use your emotions." And that's what the enemy tells you: he cater to your emotions. You know that person did you wrong. Feel that anger. Be angry with them. You know, yeah, good. You know, hit. You know, they deserve eye for an eye, right? You know, strike them down. 
But see, the, the light side or what were the, the Jedi's, they say, you know what? Don't listen to your emotions. Don't use your physical eyes. Feel the force. Feel the force. Communicate with the force because the force is the one thing that connects all living things together. In many ways, that's a representation of God where God connects all Christians together and, and he, he just connects us all together. We all came from God. He connects us. Listen to what God is saying. Put your emotions to the side. Put, put that anger to the side and deal with that thing that God want, is bringing you towards. And I was just like, wow. You know, it's just like, you know, there again, you know, good Star Wars, you helped me out. <laughs> But, you know, when you look through past all the action and the Hollywood stuff and you see the true message in there, it's just really cool. It's really, I, I like it. So going back to what I say, you know, when I said that when we sin, we give the enemy legal rights. Some of you are saying, what do you mean legal rights? Well, when we sin, we're giving the enemy permission or the legal right in this and the supernatural to enter our lives and like i said to harass us to torment us to enslave us and even sometimes to dwell in us and even as we're christians and we accepted jesus we we have the enemy, I'm trying to put this in a way that it's not in the word meaning of possession, but it, 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 he likes to demonize us. How many of you had a good day all day? All right, you had a good day all day. Work went fine. Boss gave you a raise. You're going to have a three-day weekend. But the last 15 minutes before you get home, you get angry for some reason. You know, maybe you start thinking about something your spouse said. And it's just this argument plays in your head. How many, I mean, really, I'll be the first one to say that. Have you ever asked yourself, where does that come from? What is that? And when we say, well, sometimes I have, you know, we, 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 we tend to say, well, I, you know, I got a gut feeling or my, there's a, you know, I, not that I hear voices like on a mental disorder sound, but kind of like we hear things and it's our mind talking to us. Well, sometimes just not our mind. Sometimes, and most of the times, it's the enemy who's already planting a seed in you. So when you go through that front door, Whatever your spouse says, it's, 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 it sets something off. It's like a nuclear explosion in the house, and you're yelling at them, well, I don't know, and they're like, where is this coming from? And it's just a flow-bone argument. Or you're, you get agitated with your kids, and there's just too much going on. And Usually it's the enemy who's just like on you, who's putting stuff in, thoughts in your head, and just trying to, to start something, put a divide in your relationship. Because you got to remember the enemy we have, 
wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy not only us, but our relationship with our loved ones, our relationship with God. And when we sin and we allow a certain sin to come in, even gets more of a hold on us. It's like if someone grabbed you now, now they're latched on. Before they were just in your atmosphere. Before they were just taunting you, messing with you, you know, throwing stuff at you. But now they're up close and on you and they tend to take over. And for some people, some situations, it leads to an addiction. It leads to something, you know, sexual immorality. Why do you think Jesus, and, and through the word, they talk about sexual immorality so much? It's because when we become, when we get married, the way God designed it is when we get married and we have, you know, we're supposed to have a sexual relationship with our loved one in marriage, not outside of marriage. And the reason it being is because we become one flesh, one flesh in the spirit with that person. Now, if you're giving yourself away to multiple partners, you're still becoming one flesh with them. But here's another thing to that coin. When you become one flesh with them, you're taking whatever they got into your lives. You're giving permission to whatever demonic thing is intruder lives, whether it's depression, anger, suicidal thoughts. Now they could come in and mess with you. You have tethered, aligned with them. You have become connected with them. And this is why God is so on us. It's so important to die to ourselves, confess our sins daily to him. See, the reason why I believe God tells me is giving this message because he wants to clean house in a supernatural way. But he wants to start with his people. He wants you to be clean and, and be focused on him. He's not saying just because you sinned, you have nothing. I don't want you. You know, he's saying because you sinned, you need me and I'm here to give it to you. That's why I gave my son Jesus to you, who died on the cross for you, to take that sin. So ignore the shame, ignore the guilt. Those are the tools the enemy wants to use to keep you enslaved, to keep churning back, to say no to God, to put that wedge and divide in your relationship with God. Because we fear God so much and we have so much love and respect for him that we're just saying, you know what, God, I'm a sinful person. You, you can't use me. God's saying, I'll use you any way I want to. You're mine. And I love you. But you do have to confess that sin. But I'll still use you in the capacity that I still can. God doesn't say, you know what? You're dirty. You know what? I'm going to have to sideline you. You know, God don't play that way. Well, at least he hasn't played that way in my life. I'm speaking for experience and for what I've seen. He will use anybody. He even uses non-believers, whether they know it or not. So I'm just saying, you know, if there's something that God's bringing to your mind, whether it's today or after, and you have that conversation with him, I encourage you, don't let the guilt and shame hold you down. 
Don't keep continuing that path. Don't take that side road of that path that God had called you out before because there's a reason he laid a path before you and he wants you to follow that path. But you got to be willing to. And as I said, as a, like the camera, we use it to capture whatever the viewer sees. So once we repent and confess our sins, the lens comes back off. And once again, we can start looking and seeing and searching for where God is at. And when we look at an image, I want to see, how many times have you seen a blurry image on purpose on someone's Facebook? Never, right? It's always been unfocused. It's either focused on the person, an object that they're taking a picture of. Maybe, they, maybe something up close and the background's blurred but they, because they want you to draw your attention to the one specific um, thing that's in there. Or maybe you're taking a picture of the mountain, so you're trying to capture everything in a distance. But regardless, it's always in focus. It's in for, in fo, your camera's in focus of the target that you're trying to take a picture of. And in this way, we should be like a camera, focusing God and his word. So we should really put the selfie camera to the side and use the other camera on the other side, whether you have your mobile device or just get a one-way camera. Leave the two-way camera aside and just pick up the one-way camera. You know, it's funny because you see how many people have a device that has two cameras on them. Pretty much everybody in the world has one. You know, I even see homeless people having cell phones. So if they got them, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody else has a cell phone. But how many people really have a camera like this? And I'm not talking about price or how expensive, just a simple camera that goes one way. And just like us, the, the world, compared to the world to how many Christians and how many believers were out there, were taking pictures, were being focused on God. But doesn't matter how outnumbered we are, because that doesn't matter to God. Because how many pictures can we take with one camera? How many people's lives can we affect with one camera, with one Christian? How many lives can be changed through one Christian? If I took pictures and focusing on God and he's using me the way he wants to use me, and how many lives am I ma making an effect on? If I make the effect on 10 people this week, how many lives can those 10 people in turn take an effect in other people and change lives? It becomes a snowball effect. See, the enemy wants to say, your numbers are this right now. He always wants you to focus in on the now, the selfie. What's going on right now in your life? What's happening? What's going on? What's the trend that you're following? And 
And we should be telling the enemy, you know what? Get out of here. I got no respect for you. Because God's going to use me to multiply many. He's going to take me to places where, because I, I told him, use me as your will. And I believe his will is going to take an effect to affect other people, to make an impact in their lives. How is not up to me. It's just me be willing to do what he tells me when he tells me to. We should never question the real why or the how. Because we know God. We know why. Because he wants to change their lives. He wants them to follow him. So he's tell, God's never, he was never about the selfie. He was never about the selfie. And I believe if Jesus was here today, with what we have, I believe he would have one of these and not one of those. Because I think he wouldn't care, like, it's not so much about like him, but what the impact of he had in his surrounding. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus wasn't important. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what Jesus was saying, he goes, the world wants to tell you there's more than one way. I'm telling you there's only one way. And that was through Jesus Christ who died on a cross and resurrected on the third day. Because he said he is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way but through me to see the Father. So how do we get back in focus? How do we get back in focus with God? And whether believer or non-believer, how do we come back to God? Well, I just want to say that if you're new to Christ, accept him in your life. You know, if you're really not really to take that, well, I just, I can't accept him just yet. Well, I just want you to reach out to him. Open the door to him. Ask him questions. Talk to him. Talk to a Christian that you may know in your neighborhood or through a friend. And I believe that one day we will accept Jesus Savior and Lord in our life. And most of us here, we have already accepted Jesus in our life. But with sin, we need to confess it and repent it. Confess it before God and repent of it. And what I mean by repent, we repent it. Because we know we don't want to hurt God. We want to take care of this temple that he gave us, that he dwells in. So when we commit a sin, we hurt him. See, he doesn't want to put a cap on our lens. He wants you to take as many pictures, always focusing on him. Always focusing on him. Because he, he loves us. So that's how we get in focus. We, we need to confess. We need to repent and then walk in his will 
and see things through his perspective. You know, and, and I know we're saying we, we, we got to be focused, but I would like to say, here, God, I want to see what you take. I want to see the pictures you see. I want to see what you do with the camera because that's what I want to do. And if I could see what you do, I want to emulate that and try to do that. And when we accept Jesus in our life, when we confess our sin, this is how we serve divorce papers to the enemy. This is how we cut those ties. And the enemy will do anything and everything to prevent you from it. For the non-believer is to keep him away from Christ. For us who are believers in Christ, it's causing distractions. Take those side roads. Take your focus on God. Even though God has won us over and we accepted him and we have salvation through him, but if the enemy could keep us from living our purpose in God, he will win. Why do you think he's, he, he, he's created so many lukewarm churches? Why do you think there's been false prophets preaching a different gospel? Distraction, misleading, away from the truth. But we need to serve divorce papers to the enemy. And for you today, I, I want you to serve those papers to him because he has no place in our lives. He may attack us all he wants. He may have, we, we may deal with supernatural battles, spiritual warfare. Lord knows I've been through some. We all been through some in one shape or form. But just because it's like that, you, it doesn't mean that God's not with you. Just because you're, you, it's more that God is with you that you're facing spiritual warfare. That the enemy does sometimes can manifest through, through, through your relationships, through people making you agitated, messing with your mind. But serve divorce papers and keep serving God and praying to God. And we must continue to seek God every day. Seek him. Continue looking for the, a new image to to capture a new moment with God a new place in your relationship with God capture it through your camera always focusing on him always seeking him always bring it into focus because he may seem far away you got to adjust your camera for lens to afford that he may be up close you got to change your camera and adjust for that so it's a continually focus a continuing adjustment it's a continuing process and we continually seek him through prayer through our actions our relationships and again how we live our lives because we we don't get too focused on one thing and then like let the other things drop so we're continually seeking seeking evaluating our lives how am i living my life how is my life glorifying him
in everything I do. See, there's some people I know that, that they say Christian, they go to church and they preach it, but there's part in their lives that's just not glorifying God. Maybe their language is not glorifying God. You know. In our actions. I even heard one preacher said, if I go see a movie, how is that glorifying God? Is it speaking to God or is it speaking to my flesh? And for some of us, it's like, well, it's just an action flick. Well, how's that glorifying God? Says, God says glorify, glorify him in, in all we do. Not just some. Not the 99.99%. He wants 100% and more. And we should be able and we should be willing to give that to him. Because that's where we want to be. But it's that flesh that tugs us, that hold, that tries to bring us back down. And, and, and that's what we have to continually seek God, continually die to, to our flesh, die to ourselves, continue seeking him. And I just can't say that enough. So I just want to leave with this question. Is your image focused or blurry? Or can you even see an image at all? I pray that God has spoken to you. And I pray that whatever God has revealed to you, don't ignore it. Don't ask more questions because I am the first one to overanalyze everything. Uh, my beautiful wife keeps telling me, you think too much. You're, you're thinking like way too deep about it. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know because I maybe some, one of somebody here or maybe someone online is like thinking, well, you know, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. It's really simple. God keeps it simple. That's why we have a Bible. He wants us to seek his word. He made it simple. You don't have to have a master's degree in theology to understand his word. You don't. None of the disciples went to a Christian school before they met Jesus. I mean, they got to walk with him. They got to see firsthand experience. But even then, the three years that they were with him, they were still... It wasn't until after they, his death, they were like, oh, all right, we got it. So I take those examples, even though now, as I walk with Jesus in my life, I may not get everything, but I get most of it. And it's a continuing learning. And maybe when I pass, it's like, oh, I got it. Amen. But if we continue seeking him, Seeking his love and reading his word, he'll make an impact, not in our lives, but just the, in the lives around others. We'll be the salt of the earth. We'll be the light in a dark world. We give hope to the hopeless. We'll heal those who need healing. We'll deliver those who need to be delivered. 
Because the enemy is real, just as much as God and Jesus is real. There is an enemy out there. Whether there's a church of 10 people or thousands, if that church is making an impact for Christ, is making an impact on the community that they're in, he would try everything in his, in his will to, to destroy that church. And he has in the past. That's why we continually pray for our brothers and sisters in other churches and around the country, around the world. We have brothers and sisters who are being persecuted in China. We get brothers and sisters who are being persecuted in the Middle East. In some cases, it's they're, they're killed on the spot. And here, we're, we're spoiled. I'm, my prayer is that don't take, get for granted for what we got here. Do most with what we have now. We could, we, could out, we could go in the street right now and preach if we wanted to. You can't do that in some countries. You can't even own a Bible. So please, as Pastor was saying, you know, there's going to be a time where, where things are going to change. God says it. It's in his word. He gave prophecy to it where Christians are going to be persecuted. The good is going to be bad and bad's going to be good in society. We already see that now. We already see it now. So take advantage of our freedom as Christians right now. Make an impact where you can. And where God's calling you to make that impact. Don't ignore it. Because he's called you for a reason. And don't doubt yourself. Don't say, well, no one's going to listen to me. But God, I might lose some friends on my Facebook. My likes are going to go down. Does, does that really matter? You know? It should be... I just want to put it this way. If you had a friend in the middle of the street and there's a truck barreling down uh, where he's at and he doesn't see it, you're telling, you're yelling at him, he just doesn't see it and doesn't see it, are you just going to let that truck hit him or are you going to go out there and push him out of the way? Whether they don't see it or not, it's not of importance. It's that you see it. So what are you going to do about it? And for me, I'll tackle them. You know, I'll push them out the way, explain to them later, and they'll be thankful afterwards. Maybe they will, might not may feel the hurt. Maybe they may be angry at first. But once you open their eyes and reveal to them, look, that truck almost hit you. They're going to be, you know what? I didn't see it. Thank you so much. And the ones that still don't see it, well, you did your part. And that's all God asks you to. Amen. Father God, I just want to say thank you for your word today. I know this was a word for someone. This may be a, a word for a lot of people. But I just want to say thank you for bringing that word today to, 
to hear. Thank you for allowing, allowing me to, I just want to say thank you for using me. Thank you for choosing me. And thank you for answering my prayer for your will be done. Because so many years ago, I prayed that for you to use me as you see fit. And I know some people say that's a dangerous prayer. But for me, I think that's the best prayer we could ever pray. Is using us. Using us in your capacity, in the capacity you want us to work in. For your will. For the path that you set before us, as you told us in Proverbs. And you will guide us. You will, you will, you will make it where we would follow you. And God, I pray that we don't turn to ourselves and seek our own wisdom. Because our wisdom is foolish. Our wisdom does, our wisdom does not compare to your wisdom in any way, shape, or form. Lord, we pray to you that you guide us with your wisdom. That you impart your wisdom on us. In the situations we face in our daily lives. Give us the wisdom and the words to speak to those who are going through troubled times, who are facing real life experiences. Give us the words. Give us the words to comfort those who are needed to be comfort. Give us the words to those who, who are looking for you but just don't know where to turn. They're in, desper they're in desperation. Give us the words to tell them that there is a God who loves them. That there is a Jesus who, who's just been want, wanting them to come to him. Because you have given us the ultimate freedom of choice. And we just pray that, that the people would make the right choice to choose you. To see how you've been working in their lives. Father God, I just want to say thank you for everything you've done in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.